What is going on, guys? And welcome to episode 23 of the Listen Whilst You Step podcast. Today, we have Carl Taylor on the podcast. Um, Carl reached out to me. We have a mutual friend who kind of moved over to Jersey, and he is a very, very knowledgeable man. So it's going to be super, super interesting to talk about a few things, all in kinds of relation to a bit of posture stuff today. And I'm sure we'll go down some little tangents because we always do. Um, But I'm not going to give you too much of an intro, mate. Just want to kind of let the guys know who you are, what you do, and then kind of your journey into the fitness industry. Yeah, man. Um, firstly, cheers for having me on. Um, been listening for a while and big fan of all the stuff you've been putting out. But yeah, quick background, like you said, um, basically from North Wales, um, growing up with a lad called Ewan for a long time. Obviously, you know him, I know him, a uh, big rugby guy. He's one of them and he's been try- obviously played alongside him with school rugby. Um, I was fairly skinny at the time, um, so they just shoved me on the wing, as per usual. A quick guy, went out on the wing, just let the big boys do their stuff in it. Um, but yeah, basically from North Wales, 21 years of age, look about 40, but yeah, there we go, that's life. Um, but yeah, basically got into the industry through passion for sport, passion for fitness, you know, like you know a lot of previous guests that you probably had on, um, constant battles with his yo-yo dieting, uh, perceptions of different things that are beneficial. And it's a case of educating myself and learning over the past couple of years that, you know, not everything out there is as it seems. Sometimes you've got to dig a lot deeper and that's what I've kind of went in way and done. So did my A-levels back home before coming up to LJMU in uh, Liverpool to do an undergrad in sports science, whilst obviously doing some internships along the way to gain some S&T experience and sports science experience. Where then I graduated last year after having some issues throughout, which I'm sure we'll touch into. Um, and now getting into the position where lockdown hits, um, everything goes on hold, and then just having to adapt. So that's basically where I set up this business, um, tapping into what everyone did, adapting to online coaching, and trying to find a way to help individuals out there um, who don't have access to SNC coaches, don't have access to any sort of physical performance coaching within their club or um, local, as well as providing some information on, you know, health, performance and posture, just like you said. Yeah, I think it's so, so refreshing to see someone coming from, I think there's this big thing where people in the kind of PT space, they kind of stick to themselves and then people in the SNC space, they kind of stick to themselves. There's never this crossover. So it's really refreshing to kind of see someone who's wanting to kind of, merge them together and kind of get the best of both worlds and really kind of help people one look good feel good and then kind of bring that whole package together i always say to my clients you've got like kind of the four p's you've got physique performance personal professional if you can tick your boxes in all of those areas then you'll be in you'll be in a good freaking good position to say the least yeah no 100 percent. and it's, it's like you're saying there there's within both industries there's always this perception of what's better personal training or strength and conditioning and you see it whether it's going down a Facebook feed, whether it's going through LinkedIn, you know, there's always back and forth between which is better when in reality, it's like, just like coaching, you know, there's a different method of coaching for different individuals. And it's like you said, it's that case of sometimes you need to merge both of them together to get the best for that individual. Yeah, exactly. Comes down to what works for that best for that client and what they can stick to at the end of the day. Um, but what we really wanted to kind of touch on today was just a bit about posture. Okay. I get I get a hell of a lot of questions about posture, and I'll be open and honest, it's not my complete area of expertise. Obviously, I've got a reasonable understanding about it. Um, yeah. but mate, what is posture? Well, posture to an extent, you know, it can be different in lots of ways. There's people's perception of posture is posture is different depending on, you know, which way they look at it, whether it's posture because they're slouching whether it's posture when they're moving you know to me 
I look at competencies within movement. You know, my my um, background as an S&C coach and my growing experience of what I do is identifying like the purpose, what's the cause, why is their posture like this? You know, a lot of people you'll see will have an anterior pelvic tilt. You know, it's commonly diagnosed as, you know, pushing the hips forward. There's a big bend in the lower back or the lumbar spine, um, otherwise known as, you know, lordosis. Um, but but the main reason that, you know, I reached out and wanted to talk about this is, you know, I put a post up the other day that there's a big perception that people can cure the, the, the postural competencies and the um, deficiencies within posture by quick fixes. And it, it's never the case. You know, posture is... Uh, direct cause of habitual behaviors you know if you sat down at a desk all day you're going to be rounding at the shoulders and you know just you you know yourself as an online coach you spend a lot of time at a computer um so it's getting up making sure you're moving making sure you're activating their muscles and strengthening the weak areas which is really important yeah that was a big one for me like transitioning from doing like 60 hours a week of pt to now spending like 60 hours a week sat behind a computer yeah. um i definitely noticed like my posture and even like i find myself now just like throughout the day slumping down this chair getting lower and lower and yeah. lower um just getting a lot tighter and i've had to be really kind of proactive with things and making sure i'm staying on top of some massage work a lot more mobility work and things yeah. like that um but people who have do don't have the best posture what are the disadvantages of it what, what's the downside to things how, how can it affect their performance and then how can it affect their life in terms of general health, you know, you see people spending a lot more time on the phones. You see people spending a lot more time at their desk, especially in lockdown and not being able to get out. You know, that habitual nature is making people have, one, decreased posture, but two, an unawareness of how to improve that posture over time. Like we were saying before we hopped on, you know, people are always looking for quick fixes for problems that can't be dealt with a quick fix. And initially... You know, taking a step back and just looking at, right, what's the issue here? Well, the issue is you're spending a lot of time at the desk, your head's forward, and you end up in this hunched over position looking like a king prawn where, you know, how's that going to change if you don't change? And it's a case of, right, get up, break up the daytime. You know, you know yourself, step, step, steps. It's a case of of just breaking it up um, and then looking for the information out there to make the change you know people with an anterior pelvic tilt like we said before they're always looking for you know either neck brace uh, back braces you know they're looking for stuff they can put on their desk to help them which is good and it's a start but you know directly making changes in your training and within your lifestyle is going to be the main influence of how that change occurs um but yeah man especially with performance range of motion is a big one you know if you if you're hunched over all the time and your, your shoulders are rolled forward anteriorly and you've got some of that scapular wing going on when you're trying to get deep into a bench press you're always going to have that pressure of right now the pressure's on my shoulders rather than on my chest i can't feel this and you know when you're trying to prescribe exercises to people as well it's a case of right how can i optimize the range of motion of this exercise without um absolutely getting rid of the stable base of support that's helping them in, get into them positions absolutely it's um i think it's something that people just really aren't aware of or people yeah. uh, people see a photo of themselves like, oh yeah my posture looks bad but then just don't take a conscious awareness in everyday life at all yeah um touching on what you said about kind of breaking up the day something that i've been doing recently has been freaking game changing as i've been working like either in like 70 minutes or like 50 minute blocks and it's been incredible um yeah. so like earlier on the day i'll do like two like 70 minutes with 10 minutes break and then later on the day i'll do like 50 minutes work 10 minutes rest and i've got 
probably more work done within that 50 minutes than I would done anyway, just by breaking yeah. it up, breaking up, but then also just naturally getting outside, getting some fresh air. I just literally like walked into my drive and walk around my garden. Um, just my lower back, my neck, and all these little things that may have popped up in the past um, have definitely been a hell of a lot better. Yeah, and it's I, I've always struggled with it myself, you know, going from a relatively skinny guy to then becoming 16 and a half stone within about six months of being at uni to then trying to sort myself back out. My mobility has gone up and down throughout. And it's one of them things that people, especially within the personal training industry, um, especially because, you know, if it doesn't have a direct impact on your performance, then, you know, why do people care? Because performance isn't normally the outcome. It's aesthetics. It's, you know, mental stuff. And especially within, you know, body transformation or physique special specialist guys, you know, physique uh, posture can have, a big influence whether it makes you look a bit more bloated you know whether it brings out your chest a bit more whether it enables you to um, retract and depress your scapula to engage your lats or your rhomboids you know it can have an effect on both sides of the coin and it's like you said just having that awareness and that understanding of right I can do this and it's going to help me not detriment me and if I just spend five minutes a day like you said breaking up the day with a walk standing at a standing desk or a makeshift standing desk then sitting down rather than spending all the time sitting down massively i think the uh the other thing that massively well, i'm sure we're I'm sure you're guilty of it when you're younger as well me you don't think about longevity <laughs> i was at six, 16 years old i was not thinking about longevity when i looked like a cat taking a shit doing that bed lift like <laughs> um, yeah. but like as you get a bit older and things like that and then like i see like, even like now i see my, my parents like my dad struggle with his back or little things like that it makes you just think yeah. about it now and just even from a training longevity, like if I couldn't train, I'd, I'd be the grumpiest guy alive. Like I want to yeah. be able to train for longer and just having these little cues and being conscious um, would massively, massively help. Um, mate, one question which I always get, and what's the difference between flexibility and mobility? So flexibility is the range of motion surrounding a joint, whereas mobility is the range of motion within muscles. So, you know, you can be flexible, but not mobile. And that's where the the change comes across. You see people doing sit and reach tests saying I'm flexible, but when it comes to doing an RDL, they haven't got the mobility within the hamstring to enable them to lengthen at a position where they can, you know, touch the bar past the knees. So in fact, what they end up doing then is either bending the knees further and restricting the lengthening state of the hamstrings or end up just coming up on their toes or whatever it may be to compensate for that. And, you know, there's no massive quick fix for mobility and one thing i do want to put out there is you know you see a lot of these mobility gurus online or yoga gurus that go out and say right do do all these you know cat cows do all these prone cobras um every morning as part of a morning routine you know it's a start but especially within performance if you add a bit of load onto a bar you're going to hit a deeper squat you're going to be able to you know get deeper into an rdl <clears throat> but you're not going to be able to maintain stability in them positions. And when you're thinking of things like force transfer, um, you know, bracing, stuff like that, it's like you'll see people load up a heavy dead or a heavy squat and they'll hit the bottom, they'll get all shaky, they'll push through it and then get to the top. And you think, oh, that's not going to be good for the lower back. And, you know, we've all been guilty of it, uh, me and myself included, like, you know, back when I was younger, especially thinking, right, if I, I'm a skinny guy, but if I can just focus on getting bigger legs or, you know, just focus on being a bit stronger, it's going to help me long term. You know, I'll rack up whatever it may be on the bar, hit hit low, knees are shaking everywhere, looking like I'm about to shit myself and then pop back up, do one rep and that's it, re-rack. And then I walk away with a bad lower back and I'm got 
absolute sore lower back for three days you know it's not it's not efficient and then it affects the rest of your training session so you can't even lie on a bench like (laughs) no no, exactly we've all all been there um yeah i think it's it's such an important point um what's your go-to point for people who are struggling with that kind i think that anterior pelvic tilt is probably one of the most common um we'll kind of get on some kyphosis rounding the shoulders what's your kind of go-to kind of like maybe a little bit of an assessment that people can do them do themselves and then like moving on from that like how can people go around like kind of seeing where they need to improve and how to actually improve it yeah well the first thing about uh, an anterior pelvic tilt is you know it's people are naturally the body naturally has a curve within that lower spine and some people it's more excessive than others but it's when you can noticeably see that the pelvis is tilted by you know whether their glutes are pushed out or whatever it may be now, and this most of the time is just caused by muscular imbalance it's people will think oh my spine's just naturally like that or it's just how i am and, you know people will try and justify it in different ways but muscles are the prime movers muscles move everything else and you know if you've got weak muscles and strong muscles like you'll know from your experience that creates competencies and competencies over time lead to that posture um so first thing would be first just do some um unilateral stuff see right is your left leg weaker than your right leg is your left hamstring weaker than your right hamstring and you know you, you can do that through many different tests just by standing up against the wall and just rolling forwards right my left hamstring feels a lot tighter than my right hamstring um you know most of the time it's down to a lot of tension in hamstring weak quads so you've got a very very tense posterior and the anterior is very weak so you end up just rolling forwards into that position yeah big time i think it's just people aren't aware of it i generally like especially like everyday people we're talking like general population here i think literally like 90 percent of back issues could be solved from doing a couch stretch doing like a pigeon stretch and a hamstring stretch and then my big thing for people is like i always say like it's one thing you increase in your flexibility but if you then don't solidify that by getting strong through that full range of motion you're not going to get the lasting results you want yeah no and you know i see that a lot when you see people who have limited dorsiflexion limited ankle mobility when trying to do squats you know one they'll either just get rid of the squat completely which on a performance standpoint is absolutely crucial you know i've got a lecturer in uni at the minute who you know is the absolute god of back squats and dave clark and every lecture it's back squat back squat back squat um you know and it, it's true like, because it it's, sounds like my kind of lecture that's all i hope that's yeah. all, if i could just squat all the time i'll be fine <laughs> well the thing that i've learned from it is you know people have this um idea in the heads that you know weightlifting is going to make you slow and it's going to inhibit your performance but when you're looking at derivatives from you know a counter movement jump or a squat jump or whatever you know they're going to be the movements that are going to give you bang for your buck the compounds that are going to help you you know both on a physical training standpoint but performance standpoint as well and if you're compensating in that movement by you know putting foam pads underneath your ankles to elevate your mobility in your ankles to get deeper into a squat yeah that's great from a personal training and physical standpoint but you're never going to have them blocks underneath your ankles when you're trying to do a 20 meter sprint to get a ball on a football pitch you know it's that carryover that i try and nail into all the people i coach you know doing stuff like that's a good starting point to get comfortable in them positions but then adding loads to the bar and being stable in them positions and working on right 
how can I make this a position that I can always get into and always use this range of motion is a massive one for me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. What's your take on kind of foam, foam rolling stuff? Um, you know, I, I, I personally really enjoy it. I do it with a lot of the lads at Tramir. Um, I do it with a lot of my clients. You know, my, my fast release is a really good one, especially with developing mobility, you know. But the big thing is a lot of contrasting scientific literature out there saying, you know, it's useless, it's not really that good, it inhibits performance if you do it before you're doing any power sessions, you know. But if you look at the other contrasting literature as well, it says that, well, it improves your mobility by 20% for about 20, 30 minutes. But from a neuromuscular standpoint, does it make you feel more comfortable going into the session? Does it make you feel more prepared? And that's my big takeaway from it. If the athlete or the individual feels more comfortable going into a session and more confident going into a session, that's what's going to get them through the session. You know, it, you, you hear it quite a lot. You can be really talented and have really crap mentality and you're not going to get anywhere where the roles are reversed and you haven't got that much talent, but you've got the mindset to really dig through them sessions and do the work that's needed. You're going to get a lot further than that other person. Yeah, absolutely. I think we, I've said this so many times on the podcast. My personal belief is that the most important thing, whether it be general population trying to achieve a transformation or Ronaldo, the most yeah. important thing is buy-in. If that person yeah. believes something's going to work, guess what? It probably will. If they don't think it's going to work, then hey. Um, so yeah. I think if it, a lot of people, they can create kind of foam roll in my fascial release, anything like that can become by a kind of habit. And it's just their trigger to be able to switch on mentally or switch off if they're doing it after training yeah. sessions and recover. Um, sympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system to just allow a bit of mm -hmm. recovery and different things like that. So I definitely think it's massively important for people to kind of work on. Okay. So give me your top three tips for someone who would be struggling with kind of anterior pelvic tilt. One would be ignore all the quick fads all the crap that you see from influencers you know all that stuff's never going to work they're trying to get you to buy a product and not buy into the process of achieving what you want to achieve two would be to probably hire a coach someone that knows about the issue someone that knows how to create the change and three would be to stick at it you know you're not going to change muscles over a quick period of time it's just like trying to build muscle you can't create stretch in the muscle you know you can artificially do it by using foam rollers by using theragons by you know activating muscles but to create long-term postural changes and mobility changes it takes time you just got like you said you got to buy into the process mm -hmm. whether that be five minutes before training five minutes after training whether it be a half an hour session in the evening of yoga you know it's whatever suits you like like, like it is with all training like you said before you know the best type of training or best type of nutrition is one that someone's going to stick to for a long amount of time and something they enjoy rather than throwing in the gold standard that's not going to work yeah big time so that's, this is the thing like this this kind of stuff it isn't it isn't sexy it's not manly it's not like this is why people don't do it though so yeah what's your go-to with clients to get them to do this shit the main thing i do is i add it in as part of the warm-up and especially at Trammer, um with youth lads they don't like it whatsoever um you know not many athletes like mobility stuff because like you said it's not sexy they like doing the heavy squats they like doing the fast fast sprints and like clients um on the general population side as well they want to get to the session they want to do the cardio session they want to do the hit session they want to do the weight session so if you can disguise it in the warm-up or within the cool down you know 
cuts out the bargain to all, all the people that have done it in their warm-up all the cool down so uh, stick with me um you know that, that that's one way that i find really useful because you know when people think of mobility it's like i said before they think of the prone cobras they think of you know the cat cows and they think they're going to absolutely look really ridiculous doing it but if you look at people online it's it's starting to grow you know the, the mold is starting to be kind of changed in terms of right what's the best way to do a ramp um preparation before um you know a session you see people like the australian strength coach have you heard of him much yeah yeah the guys yeah. love him you know people like people have different perceptions of you know bird dogs before squats is that is that really going to brace the lumbar more than just doing the movement you know it's like we said before are you going to feel like you can activate your core a lot better doing them bird dogs rather than just sitting at the bottom of a squat you feel uncomfortable you think what the hell am i doing i'm in the middle of a gym floor everyone's looking at me i'm taking up the squat rack and i'm just sat here doing you know bird dogs but it's like you said merging the practicality and the applied nature of what can you do to achieve what you want to achieve before going into that session and is that long term going to help you get to where you need to be and it's like you said buying is the most important thing if they're not buying into it you know online coaching can be one of them things where if you're not there in the session with them you know if they ain't got the right mindset they might just skip all of that and move into the session and then down the line and say oh i'm hurting a bit here and you get a sent a video of what they're doing and it's like right well you're not bracing your core enough you're not activating your core enough so if if you're not doing that beforehand from the activation stuff and then warm up then you're now seeing the direct direct impact of that within the session if, if you get me yeah absolutely it's massive and then when we look at we look at that from kind of like a habitual point of view and look at kind of like habit stacking yeah. and things like that that we might go to is attach it to a habit that you already have yeah. like partic- particularly either like morning evening routine that can be a good one um or pre or post workout um personally i'll do mine after workout and uh, that's yeah. my time to kind of chill um i know i need to get better at it because my shoulders are like chocolate <laughs> hence, the reason, hence the reason i'm not playing rugby anymore yeah. um but yeah obviously we've kind of spoken about that kind of lordosis the kind of and that um how about kyphosis so for people who don't know kyphosis is kind of rounding up about shoulders running mm-hmm. forward um because i think those would obviously be the two most common yeah, 100%. And it's like we touched on before, you know, the growing nature of today's climate where we're in lockdown, we're constantly on our phones, we're constantly at laptops, we're always sat down at desks, you know, online coaches, especially when I got into doing this, I didn't realise the amount of time I'd be at my desk or when I got into being an S&C coach, the amount of time I'd be sat programming and monitoring around the laptop. And, you know, I've really started to notice it, especially, like I said before, when I'm going into movements like bench presses, like shoulder presses, I can't get into the requisite range of motion where I can effectively press and I'm losing so much force production. I'm losing so much energy trying to get into them positions. And it's, it's very, um, again, a lot of misinformation. People will be wearing chest braces to try and pull their shoulders back. You know, what, why on earth are you doing that? No offense to anyone out there that's doing it, but you know, it's not going to work for you. It's just going to make, try and be a shortcut, like a cheat code on GTA. It's, it's not going to fix your long-term issues. Um, a lot of people again think you know it comes from like my I've got weak rear delts right when you look at a, your posterior chain especially in the upper body why is the rear delt which is probably one of the smallest muscles in there going to be the main cause of all of that and it's like we said before it's learning there's compensations for what you do me especially 
like I said, when I was younger and I was a skinny lad, all I used to do was train legs because I used to be a footballer, I used to be a rugby player, you know, I used to do lots of lower body work. So I was stronger and you stick to what you're good at at the start. So I was always training legs. And then it got to the point where I was good, really strong on legs and I couldn't lift 15 kg each arm on a bench press or I couldn't lift, you know, anything upper body. And then I found that because my lower body was so strong, I started to, like I said before, be postural. I'd roll over at the shoulders. I'd have that kyphosis like we're speaking about. And it's a case of, like I said before, investing in a coach that knows what the process is and buying into what they're trying to do and what they're trying to achieve with you. Because at the end of the day, it's because you've put a lot of time and emphasis onto the anterior side rather than the posterior side. And it's finding that balance in between and trying to build that bridge to make it better. Yeah, it's it's assessing, evaluating, seeing what the problem is and then putting a plan in place that's actually going to help you kind of fix it. But then my big thing is a lot of people will kind of do that and they'll completely neglect what they still got as a strength. Like, yeah. no, keep, keep, keep your strength. Yeah. But let's let's say so I, I do that like I'm the same as you because rugby background actually all I did was train lower body like especially from a young mm-hmm. age like I didn't bench press until I was like 16, um literally just squat deadlift squat deadlift up yeah. do some do some weighted press ups that's as close as you're getting yeah. to bench press um but yeah I found it a, a, a massive massive difference as soon as I started doing that I I, I definitely struggled with some kyphosis especially if I played a lot of tennis when I was younger as well yeah. everything is anteriorly everything's anteriorly I definitely think that that led to some of my shoulder injuries, which I had in the last few years that I played rugby, just one after the other, one after the other, which yeah. is if I had been more knowledgeable and, hey, I'll put my hands up and followed the coaches a little bit closely, yeah. I probably, probably wouldn't have had as many issues as I had. Um, so it is massively important that people do listen and take this advice on. For the sake of five minutes a day, 10 minutes after your workouts, the knock-on effects that you can have from this are literally like, black and white and i quite often don't think people realize how what's the word how do i put this they don't realize how bad they feel until they feel good yeah that's the big one yeah. and i think a big thing just going off what you said there is you know don't neglect your strengths if you're strong at bench pressing just training your back isn't going to inhibit how how good your bench pressing is if anything it's going to make it even better because you can stabilize better in different parts you know you've got better range of movements you get to them lower positions and press from you know, it's not going to mean that you're detrimenting any part of your strengths to try and fix your weaknesses. It's like you were just saying then, you know, own your strengths, but make sure you're giving your weaknesses a lot of time to then build them into strengths also. Yeah, we're only, we're only as strong as our weakest part. And I think that's one of the, that was one of the biggest things that kind of had my bench press stool is that my, my back was, just wasn't strong enough. Strong lats, but like upper, up, middle yeah. back, like middle traps just wasn't nowhere near strong. So I really struggled, struggled to stay retracted. Um, but on that, like if people are wanting to kind of, put maybe their strength on on hold a little bit and work on those weaknesses like for me all i did was i went push pull legs push pull so i still had my two times week frequency and kind of upper body but i just put my legs into one times per week just till i kind of caught up a little bit and hopefully we're getting there slowly my legs won't shrink but i'm trying to get them to <laughs> um but mate you kind of touched on you went through your own pretty crazy transformation by the sounds of it um be interesting to kind of touch on that yeah um so yeah basically um Whoever knows me, I was never the biggest lad in school. Um, I was always quite skinny, um, always wanting to get bigger. I was always in the gym lifting. But, you know, like a lot of people that are listening to this podcast, probably didn't know how, always picked all the wrong ways. You know, I remember especially going through sick form when I was like trying to do a bulk. I say bulk in quotations. You know, I was eating a whole baguette a day with three chocolate bars from the shop. Um, (laughs) But I still wasn't getting any weight and I was doing... uh, you know, an A-level in sport. And I was like, right, what, what, what's going on here? Um, you know, I was like, oh, I must just have a really fat 
fast metabolism but in reality i wasn't training hard enough um i wasn't eating enough and it got to the point where i went then to university and you know beforehand i was playing football two to three times a week i was doing after school sports whether it be cricket whether it be athletics i was doing all this work and my energy expenditure was just so high at the time and i didn't even realize it because that's just who i was at that time and then i came into first year uni all that left and all i found was alcohol on a saturday you know freshers um, and just getting into that first six months at uni, I did no training whatsoever. And I was on a sports science degree and I just felt like an absolute fraud. And it was crazy because you don't notice the weight gain until you step on that scale, until you catch an angle in the mirror and you think, Jesus Christ, what what, what have I become type thing? You know, it was at that point I went from, um, you know, a relatively skinny lad to gaining about six and a half stone within the space of about six months. And I was like, wow, like this needs to change. And, you know, a lot of people, when they think of a, tr- a transformation, they think, right, it's how do I look? How have I got there? When in reality, I'm thinking, right, my productivity has gone down because I feel so sluggish all the time. I don't want to go to the gym because I think people are going to stare at me and think, right, who, what's he doing type thing? And I just want to put out there as well, you know, gym environments can be so helpful when you're trying to get into that state of pushing towards a goal or trying to go on a fat loss journey. You know, I used to go into a gym when I was a skinny lad thinking everyone's looking at me thinking, why is he so skinny? I then went into the gym when I was a big lad and thought, right, everyone's staring at me because I've gone so big. But in reality, everyone's gone there to improve themselves and everyone's gone there to fix any flaws that they think they have. And it's such a supportive environment because you know, everyone's there striving for similar goals or if not the same goal. And gym environments can be so helpful because if you don't know something, someone will come up to you and say, right, this is how you do this exercise properly when I've been doing it wrong for so long. Or they'll come up and say, oh, have you tried doing this? And you know, it changes your whole way of thinking and it's such a small thing when you think of the grand scheme of what a transformation is and I know you touched on this a few podcasts ago but just from my standpoint is I felt like a fraud because you know I was doing a sports science degree when I wasn't sporty you know I felt like I was a fraud but then the mental side of things my productivity was low my self-confidence was low and then from that when I started to see a change all the mental stuff around it changed I become more productive I became you know I wanted to go to the gym and improve and it took away all that extra stress that was around the stigma of me being this big lad and put it into practice where now I am where I am because of all that stuff and I don't look back and think oh like you know, if I did this, I could have been this far along in my journey. I don't look back and think, you know, if I could have done this better, I could have changed a lot quicker. I look back and think, right, that was a big part of my life. And, you know, it's made me who I am today. So embrace, you know, any flaws you got and just try and knuckle down and think this is how I'm going to fix them. It takes a lot of mindset. It takes a lot of control. It takes a lot of accountability. But at the end of the day, that's one big thing that coaches are there for. They're there for your downs as well as they are there for your ups. And people have got this stigma around going for coaching to try and, you know, put this positive face on. You know, if you've done badly in the week and you don't want to do your check-in and you think your coach is going to have a go at you for it, that's the last thing they're there to do because that's when they're there to pick them up. Yeah, 100%, mate. Well, all, all hats off to you. That sounds awesome, mate. And we have very similar stories. Like, I look at back, my first transformation, I would not be in the position where I am with aesthetic strength, with my own yeah. personal growth and things like that. It wasn't mod- from that because I learned so much about myself, did a photo shoot, one of the most incredible experiences of my life. And there's no way I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't have gone enough's enough. And then I learned so much along that process from a coaching point of view, because for me, 
I'd always been in okay shape. I was never absolutely shredded, but I was always in reasonable shape. But just having that little insight as to how a lot of my clients feel, I feel now I can kind of go in people's mindset and kind of help them kind of really work on a lot of stuff. My personal opinion is the difference between when talking gem pop here, people who the difference are get an awesome transformation, the people who just get either a mediocre or they don't get a transformation, it comes down to one thing. And it's just mindset. Literally mindset is the biggest difference between everything in my opinion. Yeah, no, I'm I'm fully with you there. And I just realised halfway through that I wasn't even connected to this microphone that's been sat in front of me this whole time. <laughs> that's probably just heard me cough. <laughs> sounds it sounds all right though. Technical <laughs> <laughs> oh, difficulties. Love it. Yeah, it's Zoom for you. It just goes to sum up the year that we've had, doesn't it? Oh mate, don't, don't, don't. I was due to be going to Dubai um in a couple of weeks, but that's all been cancelled now, which is a bit of a nightmare. But is what it is. Um it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mate. We'll have to you'll have to get over to Jersey in the summer or something like that. Be good. Yeah, well, my um obviously my girlfriend's family, uh she's got family over there in Jersey. Oh, um really? yeah, I think they they own a restaurant or something over there. Um I've got I completely forgot what it's called. Um <laughs> duck and something and I completely lost it from the top of my head I'll have to ask her and get back to you but yeah um no I'd, I'd definitely looking to get over there mate do it it'd be awesome um mate and then just to wrap things up three things that you your three top tips for people looking to crush their fitness journey in 2021 whether that be performance fat loss whatever it might be your three top tips so first of all be patient you know nothing that's hard earned is ever going to come in a matter of weeks and that's one reason why I don't coach anyone for less than two months you know as much as Gymshark go out there and say this 66 days all that stuff you know habit building does take time um so don't think it's going to come quickly there's going to be dips there's going to be parts where you're really smashing it but just stick with the process and buy into exactly what is there number two stick to information scientific information stuff that you've not heard of an influencer who's been on Jolie Shore or been on a popular reality TV show because one they don't have a clue what they're actually saying and two they're getting paid to promote something you know from a financial standpoint and that's probably not going to help you get to where you need to be you know you know it as well as I know it you know supplements are there to supplement all the hard work that goes on it's not there to change your life and all these you know ketone jabs or whether it be skinny t-shakes or detoxing teas you know shit, it absolutely shit. does my head in shit, shit um, yeah no literally they're like oh i'm going on a detox it was like well you know take a few boxes it does the same thing by the way i'm not actually advocating to go out there and take a few boxes just uh, just, just on um, that um, just on that supplement things guys there's a website called examine.com and any supplement that you ever are going to buy just stick it in there and they take all the complicated research and they make literally make it like idiot proof Okay, so if anyone is looking for supplements, I'll be open and honest. I, I spent so much money on supplements when I was younger and just wasted useless yeah. shit thinking, yeah, if I take this protein shake, I'm going to get massive, bro. Um, everyone does, but yeah. I wish I had something like this to tell me to not. And then also just something, and I knew about a tool like Examine where if I was like curious about something and wanted to know a little more information, I could literally just pop the name in there and it gives you all the scientific study broken down, super, super simple. Just touching on that as well. For any athletes, whether you be amateur, whether you be semi-pro, whether you be professional, you know, don't take any supplements that aren't informed sport. You know, that's yeah. going <laughs> to absolutely detriment you down the line. You may be thinking, taking this really cool um, 
weight gainer shape's gonna put tons of muscle on you when in fact it's got something in it that then bans you for three years because you didn't know it was in there so Mm -hmm. if you're going to go out there and get certain supplements make sure they're safe and make sure they're not there just as a supplement if you if that makes sense yeah absolutely then what's your last one one more hit me last one would be have structure have routine hire a coach or follow a plan whether it be hiring a coach and getting the most out of it you can or be following some plan that's been put there by someone who knows what they're talking about you know a lot of coaches within the industry will put out plans will put out help books will put out e-guys perfectly for free you know and then if it's a case of right you want to learn more about it then get in touch with them you know it doesn't have to be me doesn't have to be Simon doesn't have to be anyone but you know just getting someone to help you through the process and stop you from making the mistakes that we've done is going to be the best thing to help your progress, especially when just starting up. Yeah. Ask questions, ask questions, ask questions, ask questions. There's no yeah. such thing as a stupid question. I'm going to say, no. a funny, I'm going to say a funny story here. I had a, uh, I once had a client. I sent, sent over a, uh, like a rough meal plan. I don't believe in like structured meal plans. I'm like, you can only eat this because it's just not yeah. realistic. You're never going to stick to it. We always give like a, this is roughly what a day should look like. Okay. And obviously I had like 150 grams of raw chicken. I had an email back, like, do you really want me to eat raw chicken? And I was like, this is my prime example client. There's no such thing as a silly question because anyone think that was a really stupid question. But if he immediately asked it and he didn't eat raw chicken, it was a good question in my eyes. Um, this is another thing, like from another co- coaching point of view, uh, 100%. Like, you've, got to, uh, you've got to remember to make things clear for your clients because when coaches kind of invest in you, Anything that comes out of your mouth, they, if they're a good client, they're going to be like, right, I've got this. I'm going to go. Um, so just any coaches out there listening, just make sure you're clear with shit with your client. Um, same from my end. I've got a funny story about that as well. You know, a client um, had sent me a message, at, just like you, don't don't buy into any structured meal plan saying you should eat this at this time. You know, give them some guidelines of when's the best time to eat it. But, you know, in their case, you know, whenever's best for them. But um, I'd uh, put down this client to have their post-workout meal and it was, you know, I think it was about 60 grams of cocoa pops and a protein shake. They basically just put the scoop of protein on top of the shake and just made the cocoa pops like normal and turned into a big mud bath. And, you know, it's just like you said, make sure it's clear. You know, after that, I said, make sure you make your protein shake and just pour it in because, you know, that's going to taste absolutely disgusting. And being a chef for five years, um, they were probably thinking, what has he done to me here? love it absolutely love it i'm sure we could talk about weird coaching stories for flipping hours i'm sure yeah. i know i've got uh, i've got um one one coach i know he had someone who was eating just dry rice i was like hat mate that must have been so hard to eat when it's stuck in your teeth and everything um but mate wrapping up honestly thank you so much for coming on i'm sure there's a lot of insightful stuff that a lot of people can take away from that do you want to just let everybody know where they can find you so i'll leave everything in the description below but yeah man well first of all thanks for having me on you know it's been great to come on and you know let everyone know who i am what i'm about and you know put some of the myths and misconceptions within this industry not to bed but to give them a bit of insight of right what the right ways about it um at the minute uh you can find me on instagram at, at the kwt health and performance uh underscore at the end you know if you just type in that kwt i should probably pop up um and yeah instagram's the main place i am at the minute um website should be coming shortly um so yeah if you're interested in any one-to-one online coaching or snc coaching um just get in touch and we can have a chat yeah absolutely love it mate guys thank you for listening make sure you share this during uh instagram stories tag both of us and then also if you're kind enough leave us a review and i will see you in the next one